0: it's the place to be for all things franchising lovely to have you here hello everybody and welcome today's topic is how to solve the technology and security riddle it's what we all face and it's becoming a higher and higher priority for everybody i don't know if you're like me but i've been hacked recently i'm looking at different apps forever changing software what's the best to suit me there's one man to talk to on this and today you're going to meet robert marsden um Robert is is someone that's uh, very experienced in this space. Um, He's the founder and managing director of Addictive Technology Solutions. Um, They work with franchisors and businesses across Australia to implement technology and security solutions, all of which are aimed at enabling business growth and and removing the risks. Uh, I spent time with Robert, and he's passionate about, I suppose, deeply understanding his clients' businesses, certainly interrogated us very closely, and... He wants to understand the operating challenges and find working on guiding and implementing technology for you to help you overcome the roadblocks and make sure you can achieve your objectives in your business. With the ever-growing complexity of emerging technologies, we're all experiencing that for business and retail where he specialises, Rob prides himself on getting technology implementations done right the first time and eliminating the multi-vendor finger-pointing culture within the retail business. Having worked in the franchise industry for over 20 years, developed his own point-of-sale software, he's a trusted advisor to many national businesses and worked with some very large groups I won't mention today, but uh, quite impressive. So I've got a few questions to uh, to answer with Rob. Rob, good morning, Lovely to talk to you.
1: Morning, Brian, thanks very much for having me.
0: just a quick reminder, yeah, no, delighted. Uh, I've able to secure a bit of your time and I really do appreciate it. I really do. It's very generous of you. And um, just to everybody to make sure you've got a pen and paper there to take some notes and we'll give you all a little bit of contact information at the end. So um, first off, let's, let's kick off, um, I suppose, with the last point I mentioned in your bio there. How does eliminating the finger pointing help businesses, in particular retail businesses, Rob?
1: Yeah, Brian, this is uh, actually how my business, Addictive Technology Solutions, was uh, founded. I was uh, working my way through university in a uh, retail environment and the most simple of technology problems that I guess all retailers have faced at some point was uh, FPOS not working, for example. Um, Constantly resulted in three or four companies having to be called in order to... uh, get to the bottom of the problem. For example, the uh, first s- staff call would be to the point of sale operator, the point of sale operator would say, uh, it's, it's not us, check your internet. Then you'd call the internet provider. The internet provider would say, we don't have anything to do with your FPOS. call your POS provider or your bank. Then you call the bank and you get the same story. And I'm sure everyone's experienced this. We just run around in circles and never really get a result all the time while that's going on. You've got queues out the door, people frustrated, staff get frustrated. Um, it's, not, it's not an ideal for any, any business. So that's what I mean by the finger pointing between vendors. So we, we developed um, a company to solve that. We wrote our own point of sale software as one of the pieces to that. We also started to manage the, the other integrated parts of the retail environment, such as the internet, the wi-fi the security and what we did was we wrapped it all around um, all under one support contract so when things were, were busy in store everyone's frustrated the staff knew that they just had one one number to call and we'd have enough bandwidth and capacity um, and knowledge about their business so that we could walk through the, through the problem to, to identify what was really going on, whether it was really FPOS or it was actually a POS terminal that was offline that was causing the FPOS
0: not to work. Right, yeah. Well, this this is, isn't isolated point of sale, is it? Um, I mean, we don't have a point of sale in our business, but we've got a shopping cart. And when things happen with that, it's a bit the same. Um, did I cut you off there, Rob, or you finished the explanation? No,
1: no, no, I've finished the explanation. Okay.
0: Okay. No, no, um, so um, I suppose what we look at then is a myriad of different, different technologies out there for, for whatever you're looking at, CRMs, et cetera, et cetera. Really confusing, even when you feel you know the market. So what, why is choosing the right technology the first time critically important to franchise businesses you well? Know?
1: Yeah, look, that's that's um, really important. Franchising gets um, complex really fast if you're successful, and if you're you're implementing uh, technology that can't scale to meet that demand and um, the demands of your growing business, um, you end up really being hindered by your inability to scale, or um, end up in a position where you've uh, you've spent quite a bit of money down the wrong path. Um, it's uh it's it's quite common for 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 franchise brands to end and end up finding themselves with systems that don't talk to each other, and then uh, also in situations where they've they've they might be waiting for weeks on end for for a basic business data that they should really have in real time, or or that they could be making better decisions against that they just don't they just don't have access to and it it doesn't have to be expensive either Brian they 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 can choose to start on fairly open platforms and there's lots of different uh software applications out there these days to to cover a variety of um situations that that are free as well that can be good stepping stones but it, it's pretty important that they they know when it's time to upgrade from a free version to a paid version and also when it's time to jump ship from a platform that's not going to meet meet the demand that the or or the requirements of where the business wants to wants to go in the future
0: so so um, i have some experience in this but i will ask you the question for the listeners benefit how how does addictive technology work with businesses to help reduce their risk because we're looking not just at the technology side we're looking at security as well of course
1: yep a few ways we work with businesses there um number one we really uh review the technology stack that businesses are using and with a, with a high focus on um, business continuity and and having business continuity plans in place and when i talk about business continuity i'm not talking about just backing up to a hard drive and taking it home in your in your briefcase for the weekend um, you know that that that's a degree of backups but um, business continuity goes goes a bit further than that and looks at systems as a whole and how you're able to recover from a, a multitude of business um, risks, even third parties going into liquidation could be a, a business continuity risk if they supplied a particular service to your business. We also um, uh, quite proudly work um, with our managed IT clients uh, to monitor, monitor risks associated with uh, dark web. And I won't go into all the, the details of dark web on this uh, Podcast, but needless to say, it's an area of the internet that uh, stolen information, usernames, passwords um, are traded and they're used to perform hacks or attacks on, on businesses. And there's some very simple uh, steps that business can implement to, to protect themselves from these basic attacks um, as well. And, and we have a range of systems where... Uh, we'll monitor that activity for our clients on their behalf um, as well, and, and also help educate their their users, um, which is a big part of it.
0: Right. Okay. So so I guess a lot of people um, have already got someone doing their IT. You know, whether on, whether it's a whether it's a consultant, an organisation, whether it's someone in their own in their own company, whatever. Uh, in that situation, how do you help? As an outsider, you know as an outside organization
1: yeah look I, I think it's good to always have uh, we position ourselves as a trusted advisor we're we're pretty transparent we're not um, we're not in there to make make friends we're in there to tell it how it is and it, and 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 sh- i guess pull the the covers back a little bit and, and make sure that the business owners are aware of uh, the, not only the the risks, the technology they're using, the potential problems that they may face, the roadblocks they have, but also being aware of the skills gap that they've got. They, they may very well have IT um, staff and they may have an IT guy that is, is pretty good at a, at a range of things, but we, we complement that by coming in as a, as an outside team and bringing a, a wealth of experience into the team where we can work alongside those staff members to help get the, the right result for everyone. And I guess uh, another big thing there is we're not afraid of withholding information in order to project, protect our jobs. So I touched on that earlier. We can be very transparent with, you might not want to hear this, but keep going down this path. This is the problem you're going to face. So I'll give you a I'll give you a good example of um, referencing another industry. There, Brian is um, think of hiring an in-house legal at some point. You know, it may be very well um, necessary for a large franchise to go with in-house legal, but to only go with in-house legal and not gain experience from other cases that are going on in the industry in the legal industry would be would would be in my opinion the wrong the wrong decision. So I think uh, IT's a bit the same. You can definitely um, don't have to replace your current teams, but you can put, put a level of transparency um, around that that um, gives everyone confidence to move forward in the right direction.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent analogy. Very valid indeed. And uh, no, I appreciate that. So um, the other point, technology, you know, <laughs> we've seen it over the years incrementally be seen as a real cost centre, you know, um, it's something we did. You know, we didn't use to incur, so people look at it sideways and say, "Oh, this is just an additional cost for our business." Can Can you give me some examples um, of the way it can help drive efficiency or, or even reduce costs?
1: Yeah, there, you definitely have to be mindful of of not having death by software subscriptions in in any uh, organisation. They, like I said, if, if there's a problem out there, there's a software subscription these days to to solve it. But um, I'll, I'll give you give you a, a couple of particular examples. I've worked with a, a very large franchisor who I was um, visiting their head office one day, and I saw all of their um, staff members just doing data entry because uh, their loyalty. Um, card program was was so successful but um, the, the, the way it was structured at the time was um, you know that data had to be manually entered so um, I went in redesigned the entire way that system was structured put the data entry back out at the fingertips of the um, consumers um, drove the costs of of that particular business process down from costing hundreds of thousands of dollars to to you know, cents per per um, acquisition of, of of new loyalty customers. So that's that's um, one for the retail space. Um, as an example, there's um, um, simple examples within. Uh, um, I know that our drive-through customers that we have as well, being able to implement and and have the software adapt to the demands of the day with something as simple as. Order redirections um, can reduce labor costs by having half as many staff on for particularly slow periods of the day and still operate as efficiently as you can. And then right up to the head office level, I mean, um, one of the things we'll do is 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 go into a, a business's um, head office and and look at the the systems that they have in place, the support contracts that they've got in place and look at the costs across the board and, and see if we can really find some savings to um, to, to wherever possible, make our, our services to the business cost neutral or, or zero impact whilst improving their technology.
0: Right, I'm with you. So uh, I suppose if we look at companies, particularly growing companies and uh, Franchise Simply, whilst we do work, a degree with established organizations often they're comparatively new they're smaller businesses they're starting to get their business processes in place so we're always encouraging you know regular meetings calling your trusted advisors around you, you need a group of them and traditionally people would have said well i'm gonna i have my accountant there i'll have a mentor be a business coach something like that maybe even you know even a legal person on call um I, it, it would seem that that's not sufficient these days so what what advice give companies that Don't actually give IT a seat at the table in these regular meetings or reviews.
1: Yeah, look, I think it's it's uh, very common to not have um, a technology seat at the table, but I think it's uh, I think it's fairly detrimental in in a world where uh, it's so fast paced and and technology is ever ever changing. I think you need that that outside perspective, um, even if it's just you know, once a quarter or or twice a year, whatever it is, whatever fits within your business, um, it's not that expensive to have the representation at that level. But it's it's fairly detrimental to businesses who go down a, a massive technology push down the wrong path. That's that's not aligned appropriately with their business objectives and what they want to achieve um, within their business, um, making making sure that. Um, when they've come out of a, a meeting and said, great, we're going to open 50 sites this year. Uh, I mean, well, technically, how, how, how are you going to do that and what, what pressure is it going to put on, on the range of
0: um, systems in place and, and can they handle it? Right. So, so we're saying, I suppose, that, yeah, decisions are likely to be made and in their ignorance, um, just through lack of awareness, obviously, of this very specialised area may well make decisions that really need an input from someone in the IT IT field to draw things to their attention, or as you said, bottlenecks or limitations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Importantly, I'm, I mean, I'm, I appreciate why people are like that because traditionally, it's just not been um, you know a fact of life. Um, mm. And these things are new habits are hard to adopt, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, correct. Great. So, um, so um, what's the, if, if you were giving a key bit of advice? businesses, I mean, currently, goodness me, with China and all these different things and, and you know, um, so- software and security issues. And um, across the board, what, what's the advice you'd give everyone now, things they should have on their agenda, Rob?
1: Look, at the, the moment, what's, um, what keeps me up at night is worrying about the same things that what, what should be keeping business owners up at night. And it's, it's would, your, would your business recover um, from something, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be a hurricane, doesn't need to be a flood. It can be one of those things, but um, how, how would it recover um, from, in, from employee um, um, maliciousness? How would it recover from a system-wide ransomware attack, which you see in the news every day? So it's all about business continuity and improving your overall security posture. And if, if, if you can comfortably go to bed each night as a business owner going, saying to yourself, if, if we got wiped out uh, tomorrow, I'm confident we'd recover and be back up and running within the next couple of days or hours or whatever the risk is for you. Um, that's fantastic, but it's not common that um, people can answer that question with a great deal of confidence. So it's just asking business owners, just, just uh, rather than, than getting the thumbs up from, your current team going? Yeah, we've got it covered. Well, just dig a little bit deeper. What? How? How have we got it covered? How long would it take take us to recover? Um, how much data would we lose if this happened? And um, or maybe even just call their bluff and phone them and say that it's happened, and just wait for their reaction and they'll tell you the answer themselves.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, look, I've got a big smile on my face because as Rob knows, several weeks ago we got we got hacked. Just somebody malicious just being. You know, what can you say, malicious, just going into our website and so on and so forth. And uh, so uh, I can answer that question a lot better than I could about a month ago. So it is something, in retrospect, goodness me, the disruption it caused us. We lost a month's business. Yeah, it's huge, yeah. It, it is huge. You can't afford that. Not when, you know, business isn't that, isn't that, that. I mean, that is coming in the door every day. You've got to be there. You've got to be out there and got to be present when people are looking and making decisions. So,
1: yeah, look, Brian, and we've got a really good um, calculator that 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 um, goes through on our website. Um, haven't got the exact URL on me, but it's on the, on our website that um, you can actually punch in all of your business particulars, and it will tell you your your true cost of downtime, which is quite mm-hmm. interesting. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that that, <laughs> that that could be confronting. So, there's something everyone getting, If you don't do it yourself, get someone to go in and, and have a look at this, and we'll give you the details of the website in a moment. Um, Rob, all of this—I mean, it's terrible, isn't it? But in business, we think of cost, and all of this sounds sounds a bit, a bit expensive. So, what size of operation is your sort of starting point? You know, you, you you're just looking at big groups with twenty or thirty outlets, or where, 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 where... look,
1: look, Brian, I'm, I, like to, I I like to. I like to probably. Um, to, to a degree of fault on my behalf. I, I like to help as many people as I can. So there's no size limitation when it comes to this. But what what I am happy to do is, is you know, have the conversation. And um, at a small level, it, it might just need a cup of coffee and a few things to think about. And at a bigger level, it might need to do a, a full, perform a full audit um, within their organization. So I'm pretty happy to, to clearly point out the level of, of involvement that a, that a business would need from ourselves. We, we range um, clients ranging from small to exceptionally large national clients. So um, there's no real size limitation
0: there. Okay. Well, that's very generous of you. Maybe you could expand on that a bit. So um, you did say you're happy to, uh, to, to put it off to the listeners, um, with regards to uh, getting access to you. Perhaps you could give us a little bit of an overview of that and how they can contact you. Yeah, look, once, once
1: again, I, I, I don't want it to be one of these things where I just say, hey, get in touch and I'll give you half an hour of my time. Um, I'm happy to, to work with businesses um, within, you know, let, let's cap it at a, at a, at a full day to um, whatever it takes to get, get an idea and an understanding about um, how much how much um, issues they've got going how many issues they've got going on and what areas they need help with and I'm pretty good at determining that uh, reasonably quick so one business I might just need a, a half-hour meeting and have a look at what they're trying to achieve and give them something they can go off and and implement um, and a strategy from there of how they could engage with us and and for a larger business so I'd, I'd be happy to spend a day in their business and and worst case scenario I, I mean we it's not really a worst case, but if I can't find anything in my opinion that they're doing that they don't need to think about, then that's a great result and they've done a really good job. Um, but generally um, some of the larger organizations, we only need to be in there for half a day to say, look, we're going to stop right here. We've got we've already picked up seven alarm bells um, and we want, we want you to have a think about focusing in these areas um, before moving forward. Um, At the end of the day, my my primary objective is keeping business in business um, because without businesses,
0: uh, I have no business. Does that make sense, Brian? Absolutely. Keeping business in business. I like it. So how how can people contact you, Rob? What's the best avenue for them to use?
1: Yeah, look, uh, happy to give out my personal email, just rob.addictive.net.au and uh, company website, addictive. .net.au. I'm also on LinkedIn. They can search for Robert Marsden on LinkedIn and uh, happy to connect with them there.
0: Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll include that information in our, our copy, and email that goes out with this, so that uh, if anyone uh, hasn't got that down, they can, they can quickly uh, see it and go from there. Rob, been a delightful experience talking with you. I really appreciate your time. And uh, I must say, indebted with you for giving us such a big chunk of your time. I'm sure everyone will join me in saying it's been uh, been a privilege having the opportunity to get to know you and hearing your advice. And I think some very uh, level-headed uh, s- suggestions and comments and your generosity in offering to have a chat to people. So, as I say, if people like to learn more about addictive uh, technology and Rob Marsden will get some more information, it's Rob uh, Addictive, that's A-double-D-I-C-T-I-V-E, or website is addictive.net. So, um, leaving it with there, leaving it there for now. Uh, any last comments, Rob? Before no, we... uh,
1: thank you Go very on. much for having me on, Brian. I really appreciate the opportunity to reach out to um, to business. So, thank you very much.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming in today, Rob. I really appreciate that. So, this is Brian King from Franchise Simply signing off and looking forward to being with you when we interview our next franchise radio show guest.